If I should stay, I would only be in your way. So I'll go. But I know. Oh my god. I'll think of you every step of the way. Oh no. And I How's Bridget? Oh, are we done? Oh, okay. We're I done. Was, I was being your interpreter for, for <laughs> your sign language. <laughs> we did it. Will always love. We did it. We Baby did it. Crying in the background. Is, is Bridget okay? Uh, Alice is not. <laughs> she leg- she legit she hopped out of the, from the bed and she's like looking at me like everything okay over there, mommy? Yeah. Yes, Babu, it's fine. I've been a dolphin dying on the radio. What's What's happening? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Continue Podcast. Uh, I have wanted to do that on the uh, for our slow jam for a really long time, but like we typically record near or like near my child's bedtime, right? And you know, in the human world (laughs) where. Where laws of decency should apply, and I have neighbors, but I felt I felt like today was the day. I was feeling it, yeah, because because the sentiment's true. I will always love you. Um, Aww. <laughs> my name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am hosting this podcast with two of my favorite people on earth, uh, Susan Arndt. Yep, with the scared dogs. That's me. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are not backers of this show and you did not hear the early section where I said to Susan, I'm very happy your dogs are present because I want to see how <laughs> terrifying this can get. Yeah. Um, there are three dogs in the room for the recording of this. And they that, you know, me doing Whitney Houston breaks breaks a mind. Actually, that, yeah, that is the Whitney Houston version. I'm not doing the Dolly. Oh, Park no, no, version. no. Dude, do not blaspheme not. doing the Dolly version. No, that is, I would never. Yeah. I would never. I would, <laughs> I would never presume yeah. in my entire <laughs> life. Did. Okay, so for, for those of you listening who maybe have not heard the Dolly Parton version, which is the original, if you want to hear a heartbreaking, mm. listen mm-hmm. to that version of that song. Yeah, I don't. I feel like there's an entire generation of people that think Dolly Parton is like a joke. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. think like Dolly Parton is uh, like their memory doesn't go further back into pop culture than Hee Haw. It's like right and beyond I mean, like, Hee Haw is the no man's land. Yeah, and that's and I get it. That's totally fair. Sure, but no, 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 no. No, she's the best. She is. Woman has just has more talent. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, any anybody out there listening to Carrie Underwood who's like, I like country music. It's like you don't, you, you don't, you, don't actually, you, you actually don't. Uh, <laughs> that, You're a liar. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear the the raw internet quality that's bringing you <laughs> the just voice through this bandwidth. Just, right now. just the, the the fat pipes bringing you Staff Roberts, Dave oh, Roberts. It's so good, but you know what? I I have only one working ear right now. Still. And oh it's, man! It's, uh, I only just noticed that you're you're yeah, uh, you're yeah you have you're a non-functioning video, ear. If you're on the video chat, you can see this nice piece of cotton in my ear. So I had a sinus infection, uh, literally the day after we got into our new place. Like I just was like, 
I feel like crap. <laughs> Everything shuts down. And so wait, and so you weren't you weren't feeling bad the whole time you're moving? Uh, no, like there was some some I had some allergy stuff, but it wasn't eh, like bad. Okay, okay. And like there was some pressure stuff when I came here the first time to like get everything set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just because of driving through the pass, the oh, uh, sure. elevation, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. That cleared up in a day. Okay. So everything's fine. I get here, suddenly my body just shuts down. The oh, entire Sunday. No. Sunday, I'm just like, I am I'm a mess. Like Kais is like, it's fine, just sit in the recliner, it's great. And then all of a sudden my ear just like I get a, the pressure in my ear like you would from elevation. Oh no. But the, this had already like, like that was done. Like I didn't get that until like a day Has later. Has this happened to you before? Do you no. have like a history of your? Inf- oh, so you don't? You're not prepared for this onslaught. No, I have no idea yeah. what's happening. And then, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's just like sudden pain, constant. Sunday night was the worst. I got like three hours of sleep. I go oh. to see. Uh, go to the clinic on Monday, um, like in a strip mall. And uh, it's the best kind. Yeah, and they're just you can like, go to a Little Caesars as soon as you check out. <laughs> That's right. There's a GameStop there. I'm gonna go see what traded deals they got. Um, no, and then she's like, "Yeah, you just—it's a sinus infection, and you, the sinus infection was so bad that it caused the fluid in your ear to fill up into your eardrum, and something has to give. So your eardrum did, and it's ruptured." So I didn't even uh, know that's a thing that could happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like it started leaking this liquid. Yeah. So um, basically like I'm done with the antibiotics, so I'm fine. I just have to ride this out now. And that's like. It just has to grow back, right? Yeah, to fix. And that's like Ah. six to eight weeks. At least, at least like three weeks of constant ringing in my ear. Mm. And then six to eight weeks before my hearing, hopefully fully returned so we'll see how that goes dave did they did they give you the flush one of one of the only few pleasurable parts of an ear infection is the flush did they do this no because i guess the fluid buildup wasn't that bad it wasn't that significant susan have you ever had this done have you ever had the flush done all right so when you have a really bad ear infection this is and this like is great, this is old, this is old school. They used oh, wait, to actually do wait, this. Wait, they shoot the stuff into your ear and then oh yeah, it brings, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way they used to do this, like back in ye olden times, was to put a tube up to your ear of paper uh, that was waxed, and they would set it on fire, and the fire would create a vacuum. Oh yeah. And literally suck everything out of your ear, and it would just be like, yeah, and it literally like like some David Cronenberg shit would just come out of your head. And it feels really cool, but like doctors say, don't do that because you're putting a burning wax paper on right. your Right, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, so don't do it. So the way the way they've done it since you know basically the the mid 20th century is they'll take like a steel cylinder filled with hot water, yep. blast it in there and suck it out, and it literally, if you've never had this done to your head, it, you just you don't want to know what lives in here. It's, no, it's, it's horrifying. It's disgust. Like literally, Pizza the Hut comes out <laughs> of your head in one like rush. <laughs> but it feels awesome. I love. I want this to be somebody's first episode. I want ear <laughs> talk with. I want a person Anthony who's Dan like, Susan. dude, if you need the best video game podcast in the world, nothing is better than continue. Go listen to it, and it's like, yeah, man, you know what fucked up shit lives in your ear. <laughs> Well, okay, this is also... Okay, I'm just going to throw out bo 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 bo
No Bobo. recognition from Anthony. <gasps> Have Bobo, I Bobo, stumped Bobo. Anthony? I honestly like I the video just... game character with the nostril hair. What? <gasps> what is oh happening? My God! Do you there, already there, done there, it? There's a video game. Like... There's video game character Boba 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 Bo with like four foot long nostril hair, and that's like what he uses. What is he in? Oh my god, I don't even remember. Now I gotta I'm oh. so happy about this because now oh I'm god. Thank, to know. thank God for Google, because all I had to put in was Bobo. Oh yeah. And it comes up. Bobo 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 Bo game. Oh, it's actually from a Japanese manga series. Look at this gossamer. I love this man. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my god. That's some now, Wario Yeah, all right. Shit. So anybody who hasn't bothered to look this up, there is a guy who has like a Terry Crews body. Mm-hmm. And a a bleached blonde Bob Ross afro with Fu Manchu mustache, but the Fu Manchu is literally his nostril hair. Yeah, and this is who I want to be when I grow up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's I finally, believe it's finally uh, all clear. And he, he he must have been in a a video game at some point because otherwise I I would not know of him. So That's there you go. Awesome. There's yeah. the tenuous. Connection. The link. The video link. games. We've done it, everybody. Um, yeah, so um, it's been a weird couple of weeks uh, for pop culture. Dave Roberts has actually been to a movie theater. Oh, my you guys, God. Do you guys know what movie theaters are? He's been to a film a fi- in a place. <laughs> In the film forum, <laughs> a cinematic uh, adventure. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into this unusual uh, cultural feat before we get into the video games and me and Susan's Pax East adventures, which were numerous. They were. Um, it's true. But Dave, how long has it been since you actually went to the movies? Like, so the last one. The well, the last one that I saw was the Last Jedi because mm. I was like, everyone's gonna talk about this on Twitter. If I don't see this now, I'm just, it's like, all of this is just going to be noise. I'm going to hate being yep. online. And sure. that was correct. Yeah. So, right. so and my, and, and Kaisa was like, I don't care. Like, go, <laughs> so we'll watch it on Blu-ray. It's fine. So I went to go see it. Uh, then the last one before that was uh, Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner. That's right. Oh, yeah. We saw that together. Uh, yes. Uh, and then the last one before that was, I don't remember, Jurassic <laughs> World, maybe? Like, no, the last one before No, I saw that- the thing. No, it was no, it was um, it was that 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 one that anime that you thought was real good. Oh yeah, about so memories. Nice. Yeah, the 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 boy and the girl who who turn into each other. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so I have seen movies in theaters, but like not as regularly yeah. as I would like. Yeah. But they've and, been events. They've been like special things. Whereas yeah. this is like a quiet little movie. Literally. Uh, yeah, literally, I, that was not an intentional pun. I apologize <laughs> so, to so everyone for what just happened. in Walla Walla, Tuesday, the the one movie theater we have here uh, has five fifty, like five dollars and fifty cents, uh, all day, and it's packed. Like college, like all the college students go see a movie apparently on Tuesday, well, sure. and so I saw this movie, Quiet Place, in a packed theater, and I'm thinking, oh, so this is going to be miserable. Within the first five minutes, like there's some rustling, there's some like like noises, people kind of murmuring to each other. But because the first scene opens so quietly, it's basically silent. Everyone in the theater fucking got it. Nice. Nice. And yeah. You could not hear a pin drop. 
Oh, like, so rare. Like, and like, it's and that's so the thing. Like, so that's the thing about a quiet place. Which my review, which I posted on Twitter, is Jim from The Office makes a silent film in the year of our Lord 2018. Three out of four stars. <laughs> um, it is a. It's a. It's like a horror monster movie, uh, where the conceit is they they cannot see, but they hear exceptionally well, and if you make any slight noise at all. They just come up and they fucking eat you like that, that. That's just it. That's what they do. So um, the reason why Jim from the office and his family is able to survive is because one of their kids is deaf and everyone knows sign language. Cool. So they communicate via sign language and it's all subtitled. So like there are moments of sound and music in the movie, but it's largely speechless like it's uh, there's dialogue but it's other than like a couple of scenes it's quiet and as hokey as it can get in spots there are some spots where it like uh you're just like oh come on this is a little cheesy it largely nails that cheesy, feeling cheesy how like hard cheesy, cheesy? Fu- cheesy fun Cheesy fun, okay. Yeah, like it, it. It knows it's a monster movie. Oh, okay. And uh, but like the way that the movie is filmed and the way that they nail the this idea that like you have this family who is trying to survive and trying to have a life in a place where they cannot talk, and like all the small details that they have to show uh, with the family that does so, like. Kids are playing a board game, but they exchange all the pieces with like little yarn socks and little like like little pieces of tissue and like. So they don't play mousetrap. No, that no. So operation, not really an operation. No, that's they had to throw hungry, hungry hippos. It's not. not, That's out. It's not concentration (laughs) (laughs) or perfection. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and like I think that, and that that's kind of what elevates this movie from being just like a dumb, fun popcorn thing to like being really good trash. It's mm. like we we t- we've talked about this before. I know in our Discord, like this idea of like good trash. Like a lot good of movies trash. are trash; they're garbage. Like art only happens every so often. But you go to the movies to respect and enjoy the really good trash. The stuff that's like they 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 do things right within the confines of making like a horror movie or like, a, like, a like aliens. Movie. Aliens yeah. aliens being the like one of the poster children for this show, I think of like something that we deeply care about but also recognize is it's not like this is pushing the art form forward. It's just the best trash ever made. Yeah. And like, and the thing is with uh, a quiet place is that it actually like gets re- really close to that threshold, um, between like 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 breaking out of trash and becoming art because of the way that they construct the scenes between these characters because they have to communicate with sign language because of the the way that the sound design elevates the tension and mm. that because it focuses on the smaller intimate human stakes. You don't see anyone outside of this family. Like it's mm. like the, you'll see newspaper clippings around that kind of mention like what's going on elsewhere in, in the world, but 
for the most part, it's just focusing on this family and their struggle. And like, this could have gone the other way. This could have been really bad. Uh, but for Jim from the office to make this like really cool thing, um, I, it's special. Like, go is this see the it. first time Jim from the office has directed something? He, I, I've been, I think so. Yeah. Also, did we know he was married to Emily Blunt? We did know that. We I did know that they're the hottest people. Oh like, my god! Like, do yeah, they have children? Because if they do, I know. Holy crap! Like they're just they're just going to make like a small lumberjack with the best legs <laughs> on the face of the planet. His beard like, is beautiful. Like, like I, uh, <laughs> yeah, just piercing. Right. I gotta say, I I was paranoid about this movie when I first heard about it because people were like, yeah, it, like the premise is really cool. But Jim from The Office has sort of been on this streak where he's been making some, like, real America movies. Yeah, he's been doing some real, like... Some real, uh, some real, real America. propaganda. Yeah. Right, he made, like... He like, made the Benghazi movie. The, like, the, okay, like, but did you watch Benghazi. the Benghazi movie? Yes, and it's... I, I mean, it's it was good. a little bit more nuanced than what I would expect from Michael Bay, but, like, it was still... <laughs> it was quite good. It was... I it's, mean, it's, it's a well-made film. It's a well-made film. There's it's no a well scene made where film. Jim looks at a guy and goes, it's you, you're the rocket man, and then hits a button, <laughs> and the rocket launches him. No, but weirdly, there is a director's cut where somebody playing Hillary Clinton says, I don't listen to soft-ass shit. And then the rocket... <laughs> <laughs> it's now the rock super is super intense. It's super intense. No, I it's you know I, movie. I, I I'm not I'm not disparaging the the Benghazi movie, but like, um, it, you know, I I I I thought that this might be more in that vein. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, like mm. I thought like I might walk in and Bob Seger would be playing at the beginning and ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> No, like, it, like, and and that's the thing. It's like the parts where it mis- missteps or the parts where it kind of leans on some Is tropes. It, nah, mm, yeah, no, we're get, we're too into spoiler territory. territory. Don't want to okay. hear it. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like but, both Suzanne and I want to be like, we want to be horror movie pure for this. Yeah, uh, yeah when we exactly. finally see it. Um, I will but say yeah, this, no, Dave. Good. Like, you you saw this at a packed theater, and. Susan, I know that you, you are, you've sort of written off the theater going experience. You want to see things. You have a beautiful TV, you know, nice home, and sort of gone are the days. Where and that patience. And patience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it, I, I see, I see movies uh, in the theater that I don't want, that I either cannot wait for, or I do not want spoiled for me. Right. But right. other than that, between just being ridiculously, both my husband and I are, are ridiculously busy and we won't. Like we don't, we, you know, as as is true for most couples, we don't. Like I wouldn't go see Black Panther without him. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, and, and yeah, so we're perfectly happy to just watch it when it comes out. But this is one uh, I I very much for for any for followers uh, reasons that should be uh, obvious to followers. Uh, I very much want to see in yeah. the theater. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. It is one of the few. Uh, cur- current movies that my asl teacher has seen yeah she loved it she's like oh my god it's so good i've been i've been i've been like wondering do you want to see an unsubtitled version of this movie be like yeah i know what they said i know what he said 
I know what she said, and I know what he said. <laughs> I know, I know what so she obnoxious. said. <laughs> it is. Uh, I okay. So so uh, actual um, sign language goes way too fast for oh. me to follow anything. Like I can get the gist. Yeah. Um, but and also, <sighs> so here's the really tricky shit about ASL. So for starters, here's here's a little fun piece of culture for you. Okay, so the sign for deaf. On the East Coast, huh? Is you touch your uh, your index finger near your mouth on your chin, and then up towards your ear. On the West Coast, it's the other way around. That's weird. Why? Why wouldn't it be standardized? Why is Why is soda pop in one part of the country and soda because people in from another? Pittsburgh are monsters. That's why. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's true. Yeah. I don't but it's think like there's a mystery. ASL here. has dialects, just like speech has dialects. Wow. And then, okay, okay. So, using as our example, you, you you start down by your chin and then go up to your ear. There is no other sign that goes that way. So a an actual Deaf person will just maybe, you know, touch your chin and then touch an inch. Huh. Yeah. Because that, I mean, they know. Just right. like in speech, like, I, you know the word well, yeah, I'm it's, trying it's, to say. So. Yeah, it's, it's no different than, you know, like when you're talking to somebody. Exactly. In, in a second language that you're not practiced in, you're taking everything slowly and then their yep. response is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. So no, uh, but I do occasionally, like when I do, like, uh, you know, when I do catch something and it's not subtitled, I'm like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> why are you freaking out right now? Oh, my God. You'll just read the subtitles and nitpick how wrong they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I little, will, like little misinterpretation here and there. I, I will like, that's not what that. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly wonder if. A video game. Are there any video games with an ASL character at this point? Moss. Uh, no. Moss. No. A little bit. And yeah, I was, I've been bit. thinking about that. Um, I would really love there to be. Uh, th- of course, the difficulty is sign language. You, you, you therefore would not be able to localize that game for other languages. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, outside of like. <sighs> You know, like something that's distributed for a very, very specific audience. Yep. You know, if you're doing an ASL, you know, character, then it has to be in America. Yep. And at, like the motion capture, like I feel it's like it's got to be you, good. It's got to be good. Like the, the guys that make Yakuza, mm-hmm. I love those games, but I don't think it would work that well with sort of their system because they do performance capture and then augment it with animation. You'd right. need to like go full naughty dog yeah. to make sure that if you have like a very naturalistic speech pattern that something as subtle as only a finger going slightly up the cheek yep. would actually translate on screen. Yeah, and I mean like so much of sign is just so small. Yeah. I'm not sure that current technology exists to do it well enough, consistently enough, and then render that into a video game character. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's some precise shit. Yeah. Man. So I I want I want to see this movie very promptly. Uh, Dave, are, are you? Is this like? Are you going back to this place? Are you in for Tuesday movies now? Oh, like dude. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. I like movies a lot. As yeah, you probably you know. Yeah. Um, and I like going to the theater. I like the experience of being locked in a room with other people watching a movie where I can't access my phone. Anytime I try to watch a movie in my house, I love it. I love having, like, I just got a new soundbar 
uh, and it's great. I got this TV, and I like it. I have all my Blu-rays, and it's great. But, like, something in my brain just goes, I gotta look at my phone. I have to comment on what I'm seeing on Twitter right now. Oh, no, because otherwise, no. like, like, I just, I, my brain won't switch off. Uh, because it's been broken by the internet. Yeah. Uh, so I like going to a theater and paying someone money to sit in a room where they will judge you harshly for pulling your phone out is something that I need. Hmm. Um, you know, that makes sense to me, actually. I get it. Oh, I do. Big time. Yeah. And like the, they do the cheap movies on Tuesdays. I just uh, sold all of my inf- information and data for a movie pass. So <laughs> they own my ass, but hey, at least I get to go see mo- as many movies as I want in a month for ten dollars. So man, this uh, this, this wow, theater really? sounds so awesome. Yeah, yeah, mo- movie. But basically, you pay ten dollars a month for this card that you show to participating theaters, and you get to see one two D movie a day. Um, and like and like even new movies, it'll work on. The only thing is, is that the company that owns Movie Pass is like a data acquisition company now. Oh, and they Gross. they have been very uh, brazen about the ways that they have talked about using your data. Like like really? panels at South by Southwest talking about we want to know stuff about our customers. Like yeah, mm. just like very open about exactly what they're. Which you know what? At least they hate lying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? Honestly, like I don't mind targeted ads, right? Because oh, no. like, yeah. if, well, no, because like if 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 the targeting is good, then you are showing me something I might like to purchase. I yeah. that's I I wish I wish I could say the same thing because I. Like, even when it's things, it's like, yeah, I totally want to give you money for a Vegeta action figure Amazon placement on a forum. (laughs) But at the same time, I I, I realize that this is pretty hilarious for somebody whose entire adult career has been in an advertising-supported industry. Well, yeah. (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, I I find ads so invasive. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it it depends on... Yeah, I, yeah. I... I, this is, uh, my entire family loathes watching television with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, the only time I ever see broadcast television at this point is when I'm at my in-laws or I'm at my brother's house mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't abide it. I can't handle like prime time television commercials. And they're like, what, what is wrong with you? Why are you screaming at a Prilosec commercial? Like, Cause because that's what I've seen of six me. of these. No, no, it's not the repetition. It's that this is what somebody thinks that I will respond to. There is a guy who's 24 years old who subscribed to Influencer before he got his job. And he's the one who sits there and he's like, here's how I'm going to target the guy who's, you know, part of Generation Y. He's not an Xer and he's not a millennial. Uh, I'm going to use slight ironic humor and uh, just slam it home with a real prospect of value. And that way he's going to buy Old Spice deodorant. Like, no, motherfucker. I'm not giving you Get what out of my you brain. want, you dirty son of a bitch. Stop it. You leave me alone. And, I, you know, whenever I'm, like, at my in-laws, they're just constantly watching CNN. All Ooh. I want to do is, like, I... This is this is how I end up tracking down the email address for people <laughs> in investor relations at Pfizer. And I say... Hey, stop trying to trick my parents in their mid-60s into 
fucking, all right? They're not going to get in two little bathtubs side by side <laughs> by the side of a lake and take your goddamn pills. Stop making them feel bad about themselves so you can make money. Sorry. <laughs> this is, I feel really strongly about hands. I'm, I'm just saying it's nice to know that the Vegeta figure exists. That's all I'm saying. That's what Wario 64 is for, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, no, you're right. No, Jeff Keighley on, right. on a phone at a rooftop party tweeting deals. He's just tweeting those deals. One day I'm going to catch him in the act. One day I'm going to be like, Jeff, I knew it was you. We, uh, so, uh, so, uh. What for reasons that elude me, uh, the commercials that are most commonly shown during Jeopardy, which my husband and I enjoy watching sure. together. Yeah, it's okay. a weird mix. <laughs> but wait, okay, I'm gonna come back to the commercials. Have have I asked you guys this already? If if it's house rules, you have to wait until the question is finished before you answer. When playing Jeopardy at home. Oh uh, no 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 no! It, it's whoever's got it first. Oh, that's just such bullshit. No, no you got no. you got it first. No. It's Jeopardy rules, There's yo! You process. gotta be quick on that clicker. No, that's you what I'm saying. You have to, no, you have to wait for Alex to finish reading the question. Psst. No, no, no. First of all, nobody respects that guy since he shaved the mustache 20 years ago. You're not wrong. Absolutely not. <laughs> there's absolutely 90s true. Trebek, and then there's now Trebek, and yeah. there's only one that deserves my love. Now, <laughs> <laughs> number two. <laughs> As as every Jeopardy nerd, uh, as every Jeopardy nerd knows, Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings will tell you you gotta gotta get okay, in there. As soon okay, okay, you know. okay. First of all, fuck Ken Jennings because oh, shit. Because no, here's <laughs> why. Okay, so, no, here's the problem. Okay, the year I qualified to be on Jeopardy was his fucking season. No. Yes. What? Yes. You're so kidding. I never so got called you... to do it because they needed fewer contestants. Oh, that sucks. So you Thanks, didn't... Ken Jennings. Oh man. Did yeah, you? Motherfucker. All right. So you got you got through the questionnaire. I want to make it clear to everybody that my my Jeopardy uh, minutia knowledge is secondhand. My mom is the obsessive. Oh yeah. And yeah. So like I I get all of like it it, it for her is Mega Man to me. Sure. Like, you know, sure. Uh, so I know that you've got to you've got to take the written exam, and then you've got yes. to take another written exam, then you've got to take the in person thing, and then you've got to. So yeah, interview. okay. So the way it used to work, at least when I when I qualified, uh, first you take a uh, an a written exam, mm. and you're in this big room with people. Now they do stuff online, which I think yeah. winnows it down even further. But you go and it and it's a written test, and you there's a minimum number you needed to get right. Right. Then yeah, after, it's still that way. Okay. Then after, then they say, okay, these are the people that stay, everybody else out, and then you play a game. Yo. It, it, they, they put you in three, and you play a couple questions because they want to see what you're like, and then you have the, you know, the quick on-the-spot interview, and they let you know if you're, uh, and then after that, you find out if you're in the pool or not. Hmm. And so, yeah, I, I got through all that. And, and you I, got jennings And I got jennings <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's a podcast title, but I got you I got done Jennings. got Jennings. <laughs> so yeah, so the commercials are all drugs. For and they yeah, all exactly they They're all, all have names like alien yeah. emperors, like Prevnar, Zeljans, Zeljans. That's one that I always exactly. remember. So so Russ and I have created an ongoing mythology about a war between <laughs> the Prevnarians. 
The Plavix contingent has invaded the Outer Rim. Prilosec will be upon us before the day is out. I feel like Prilosec is actually too normal. Yeah, Prilosec Prilosec just sticks out in my mind because that's one of those ones where, like, my brother can't be around me when a Prilosec commercial is on (laughs) because I just constantly make up the side effects and like so yeah. if he's trying to watch something i'll be like beware prilosec will turn you into a dragon but <laughs> side effects include nausea sleepiness dopiness a little bit of giddiness and then you'll be a mogwai uh, dude i think that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's that's a major improvement to the commercial You'd think, but like then when you're trying to watch a basketball game. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. <laughs> it goes both okay. ways. All right. All right. Okay. But yeah, like like Jeopardy is always fascinating to me because you you can tell they're like we need to cover twenty eight to ninety three, and it's like, yeah. Have you started thinking about retirement? Retirement's almost over. Yeah. Have you started to notice that you're you know the way yeah. you pee is changing? <laughs> Do you remember how to pee? Like. <laughs> and then Little okay. Caesars comes okay. in. Then there's a Little Caesars right at the end. Okay, I need to know if this is just me. Have you guys, do you get to a level of tired where you become afraid you're going to forget how to pee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, because it's, it's, it, it's, no, for me, it's the I'm tired and I'm, all, but I don't want to get out of bed. And I'm worried that my body will forget how to not pee. That's oh, dear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's like, oh, man, I've been lying here for 45 minutes. And if I don't get up now, I'm wondering if my body is like, hey, man, you made your decision. <laughs> <laughs> just just deal with it. You made I your bed. I forgot how old I now was I gotta the pee other day. Uh, I would love to point out to everybody that we went from ears to yep. a movie about hearing yep. and and not making any noise, which is an amazing transition. And now we're going to go from peeing to a game called Minute. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am so excited to hear about this game. Tell me everything. Okay, so uh, you know the trading game in, in Link's Awakening? Yes. Where you, like, no. you go to... No. Okay, so the, the, the concept of, of the trading game in Link's Awakening, it's like, okay, so you go to a place and you pick up an item. That item you take somewhere else and they'll give oh, you something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get a Yoshi doll, you give it to someone, they give you a thing. Uh, right, you start game, with a paperclip, you end up with a house. Yeah. This game is that, but like a full game. Uh, so it starts out, you're in a house and you're just this little weird duck person. And you walk to the, you can only go to the beach because everything's cut off. And you go to the beach, there's a sword there. And you're like, yay, I got a sword. Because that's where you find swords in like Zelda type games. But then the music just kind of goes, da, 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 da. You just, you screwed up. You fucked up. Because now you have 60 seconds to live. And when you die, you start back at your house. And you have to figure out how to get rid of this sword. You can't do it. You can't, like, you won't, you can't do it. So the only way to break the curse is to break the sword and get rid of it. So the game is spending those 60 seconds figuring out what you can access with the things that you have, how to get things that will let you access more places, and um, eventually uh, getting to the spot in the end where you can fight the boss, break the sword, and throw it away. it's really clever. Uh, it gets a lot of mileage out of this idea because you'll just like, you'll start off, you have the sword, 
and now you can cut bushes. So you cut some bushes and you find a watering can. You can use the watering can uh, to water some plants nearby and the plants, eventually, after you die a couple times, the plant will grow into a thing that gives you a heart. So now you have an extra heart piece. Or, um, and like, I don't want to get too spoilery because like the so whole every, point of the game. Every 60 seconds, it resets basically? You get to keep the items that you found mm -hmm. and you get to keep, yeah, basically whatever items and collectibles that you found are yours. So once mm -hmm. you solve a puzzle that like gets you an item, like one of the first puzzles is this guy in the bar is like, hey, I need you to kill some crabs for me um, and I'll give you some coffee. So if you can kill the crabs in a minute, go back to the guy, he'll give you coffee and now you can push boxes. And so now with this newfound ability, you can access new parts of the map and eventually you'll access new uh, safe spots. So mm -hmm. like once you like you'll, you'll be like rushing, like, oh, I got to find some place. I'm almost dead. I'm, oh, there's a there's a mobile home here. I'll go inside this new house. So when you die, you start there. Okay. 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 And now you okay. have more places in the map. And like the way that the map sort of like folds in on itself as you get new stuff you'll unlock shortcuts you'll find new ways to get around mm -hmm. uh it's really clever and it's like it took me about an hour to beat it the first time the which is thing. like yeah it's it gets in it's no fat it it does the things that it wants to do and it's done and then there are a couple like there's a there's some new game plus stuff so when you beat it there's a second run which takes the time down to 40 seconds instead of 60 seconds. You only huh. get one heart and your sword is broken already. So you just need to find a way to get rid of it. So it changes how you like, it also shuffles like item locations. Like some of the collectibles and stuff are in different spots now. So you have to like use like, like work within those constraints to solve similar puzzles. It's really cool. Uh, what it gets out of it's like little like game jammy kind of concept. How uh, I, I'm how much does this game cost? I thought it was a oh no, it's ten bucks on oh, okay. PS4 and PC. Okay, uh, and, and it's Xbox just One? those two right now. No, I think right? it's on Xbox One. It's on Xbox One as well. Man, it's got um, Switch written all I, over it. I, yeah, I, I was gonna like, I was gonna see if I could get to this whole conversation with be like, is it on Switch? What's it on Switch, guys? It on Switch? You, I, you know I, what you should I, do? You should tweet at the developers. They love it when you do that. They so do. Switch, I've Switch heard. when. Please. Um, uh, so, but yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's a cool concept and it's short. It's something that you can play and like enjoy. And I like that. I like that developers, uh, cause like this sort of ties into a larger conversation about like, nobody can sell indie games on steam anymore. Like, uh, yeah. the guy who made where the water tastes like wine, uh, he was like a developer for gone home made his own studio wanted to make his own game that took like three years to make spiraled out of control became this like 10 to 15 hour game and it sold nothing like yeah. a few thousand copies yeah um like and fewer, he's, like, he, fewer, he fewer copies than he has twitter followers was yes he said. He, and like he does not consider it a failure because like he he got to work with a bunch of really great people. Right. He got to, uh, see Sting is a voice actor in the game. Like, how can you look at a game that you made? So like, I got Sting. Like, this was a success by any measure other than money. Uh, <laughs> other than dinner. Yeah. So like, I'm just, I'm wondering if like the way forward for indie games now, especially since like most games, like, 
like there there was a, a GDC talk where a guy was basically like, yeah, the average game on Steam makes thirty thousand dollars in a year. So which is like bad for a, one person to earn right. uh, as a salary, but split over how many people you have working on a game. It's yeah. it's so I just I wonder if like the way forward is not is indie developers realizing that they have to make games like this that they can finish in six months and put out. You know, I, I, I'm not even sure if that's a solution, you know, like ma- making something in six months and putting it out there is even that is not necessarily a guarantee. You know, the my favorite statistic that I learned this week is uh, 21,000 games on Steam right now. 8,000 of the 21,000 hit the store just last year. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> you guys wow. can't. You guys can't see the look on Susan Arn's face right now, but it is it is a wince to end all winces. And like that is that is the reality of these marketplaces. Yeah. Like there there is a point where the democratization of the video game industry is going to lead to an inability to to just purely survive on these things. You know, it's going to get to be like music where you know musicians can't rely on record sales anymore. You know, the economic model over the past 20 years has shifted away from releasing yeah, you, a product you put the record out to go yeah, on tour and to go merch. on tour. And you've, you've, it's got to be a performative thing. And there's just no equivalent of that for games unless all of a sudden, you know, game jams themselves become performative acts, which they they might at some point, like if streaming went there, who knows? But there there's no there's no good solution for that one man developer team to to make a decent living you know unless they make that one hit and trying to go out there and you know curry uh curry uh, the the virality gods to make your game like this smash thing is is madness and the thing um, is what they the traditional way to do this would be to form a collective so that right. all of your share all of your, your your costs are shared and your profits are shared and so when one person's up it helps the guy who's down that's also called a publisher yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was gonna say susan you're describing why activision exists i know i know i mean that's exact that that's the thing like we need yeah we need well, we need we need publishers like like Devolver, you know, mm-hmm. these and Annapurna, who mm-hmm. specialize in these boutique games and these boutique devs, and they the aim is to stay boutique. Yes, yeah, like not get crazy in any direction, and then just to to feed the success back into the same sized machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I, I do think the idea of an indie co op, uh, like you say, collective, but even like a co op, where like developers form this entity together mm-hmm. where they help each other out, I think would be an interesting idea. It's just, we have no framework no. for that no. uh, other than the publisher model. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting problem that it's one that's not going to be solved overnight, but I think that like um, maybe developers need to realize that like scale, whatever idea you have, scale it down. Yep. Make it cheap, make it quick. And yeah. like, you know, maybe it'll sell, maybe it won't. But like the idea yeah. is that you need to put something out there so you're not eating into your own costs. But yeah, no, it's like minute, going back to minute, it's cool. Play it 10 bucks. Uh, if you're a fan of, 
Zelda type games, but it like want more puzzles. Mm. Uh, it's a really interesting take on that. I, I think the cool thing about this is it's part of this larger trend where I, I feel like the tide has finally turned on the the conception of value amongst people who play video games like it, if it's not a hundred hours then it better only be a buck 50 like i don't know man i was about to say 10 bucks for an hour sounds like a little 10, ten bucks sounds like a lot for an hour but like you know what remains of edith finch is mm. two and a half hours yeah and, and that's you know 20 yeah i think yeah. like with that's uh, true. I, I, that's I actually true. finished the the second run mode and that was another hour so right. two hours yeah. or so Two At hours. Least that, that's clock time. Like that doesn't count the time when like yeah, I had a pause. And if you time. hadn't no. sold your digital soul, Dave, that's how much a movie costs for the rest of us, Mister <laughs> Going to the Theater. That's that's what we have to pay to sit there and smell the reek of old Dasani bottles moldering <laughs> under a chair. Nice, <laughs> nice, um, nice. Susan, tell me about the game called Simulacra. Okay. Because I'm excited that I said it correctly twice. You did. No, no, you did. Uh, what, what was the, what, how did you say the other one? Uh, Polytopia? Polytopia. Polytopia. In his defense, I apparently had a typo. Polytopia. When I put it in the email. <laughs> but no, okay, so Simulacra is the spiritual successor to another mobile game called Sarah is Missing. Hmm. Which I'm just going to assume you didn't play. No. Uh, Sarah is no. missing. Is is free. no is is free. It's very short. Uh, it is quite scary. Oh, it's so a like horror phone game. Yes, okay. uh, and it has the same basic conceit as Simulacra, which is you, the player, have found a phone, and the person that it belongs to, it's gone missing, and so that person's friends are communicating with you via the phone, like, oh, hey, a Anna. In the case of Simulacra, like, oh, hey, Anna, what's up? And you're like. You can either pretend to be Anna or tell them it's not her. And then the entire part of the game is to find out what happened to her by digging through her chat logs, her vlogs, her emails, her photos. Semilacra has an added puzzle layer on top of it that the uh, some of the photos and texts have been corrupted. The data has been corrupted. So you have to reassemble them. Like if it's a text... You'll be given a, all the words out of order. You have to put them back in the correct order in order for the text to be restored. Uh, the thing I really love about it is the concept is you have found someone's phone and you are playing it on your phone. So the interface is just like pick up your phone. Look at all the uh, app icons on your phone right now. Do you know how to use them? You know how to play this game. And so what the what the game does is when you fire it up, it just it just lays that right on top of your phone. You will one hundred percent forget you are <laughs> playing that these apps are not real. That this is not really on your phone. I kept hitting the home button on my phone, <laughs> constantly, accidentally turning the game off because I one hundred percent bought the the artifice. Um, it's. It is, unfortunately, uh, poorly acted. Oh, that's a shame. It is a real shame. Is it, uh, is it, do you see people? Is there video? You, there is, there is. You receive phone calls. Wow. Uh, you receive video chats, like FaceTime. Uh, you'll, you'll have voicemail. Uh, and, and you, and you have to go through all of these to. So on, on a scale of Night Trap to Her Story. Where are we on the performance scale? Like 
like a six. Like a six. Oh, wow. That's not great. It's it's not great. <laughs> and uh, it is. it seems pretty clear to me that the uh, English is the second language of the devs because there are some awkward phrasing. It's never terrible. It's never David Cage level. It's never David Cage <laughs> level of this is not how humans talk to each other. I but cannot are... believe that you are from Philadelphia and we are going to the mall. Oh the... yes, the Philadelphia open air market where chickens <laughs> run around. Oh yeah. And oh, the body was found on this wasteland. No, bitch, it's a parking lot. <laughs> I don't know how we are going to the make love, Madison. The or... or- Madison, I need to find my daughter, and she's been kidnapped by the mic. Do you remember that SNL skit where there it's like a Swedish acting troupe doing like American crime dramas? No. Oh, oh it's so God. good! And it's yes, we I like American baseball. I was at the game when I saw the killer. All right, so it's not Simulacra is not it, not it, that it, bad. Her story, it is not, but the. And, and yeah, the performances blow, but but the story is very well constructed. And the way you like Sarah is missing is very, 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 very simple. It's pretty much impossible to screw up. Whereas Simulacra has four different endings because you're making choices along the way. Uh, the way you get at certain information is very clever and genuinely requires some digging and some thought because hmm. you've got a, a fakey web browser on your phone as well. And I mean, it's not an actual web browser, so you can't just type stuff in and be like, ah, let me Google this person. But yeah, but it does let you access certain things. So you got to be clever about like, okay, well, if I, if I heard this from this voicemail and I know that they work at this store, how can I put that, those two pieces of information to get the phone number I need? Hmm. And, and it is, it's spooky. It is not as scary as Sarah is missing, but uh, it, it definitely has some jump scares and some, some creepiness. And the thing I, I really enjoy about it is when you find out the hook, it's going to cut a little close to home. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Wow. Don't spoil that. Cause I nope. want to play this now. Nope. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, it, that you're, that you're saying that it's actually tricky makes me want to play it because I, I love these sort of narrative experiments that we've seen made over the past four or five years, things like her story mm-hmm. and uh, immediately popped in my head was the bunker, which came oh, out yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. of years ago. I love ago. the bunker. Yeah. That's Bunker's on Switch now. Game. Oh, bunker's on Switch. Yep. No kidding. Everybody listening to this who has a Switch and wants to play something, go play the bunker. Don't read about it. Just go yeah, two hours. Um, but like, yeah, there, there you go. That's another game that only is, it's less than that. It's like an hour and 20 minutes and you'll see the whole thing. But I, as much as I love that game, um, there's no trickiness to it. Like you're just sort of yeah. go do the thing, go do the thing, go do the thing, go do the thing. Correct. And, and I feel like having a little bit of challenge, that's what makes her story so interesting. Yes. Is, is that there, it, like you really do have to dig. And there's so much of that game that like, you just might not ever see. Yeah. You know? And unless you're me. Unless you're you. Is the, simu- <laughs> the simulacra, you know, with its four endings, did you were did you play through them all? Did you get to every ending? I did have you... I have not, but what it does that I really appreciate, once you finish it once, 
it basically does New Game Plus, and oh, all the chats and all all the conversations speed the heck the heck up. They nine 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 it. They yes, they exactly. Perfect. So you get to just because now you know the story. It's not going to be a surprise. You don't have to, you know, it's it, wait out to find out what's up with the ex boyfriend. Uh, so it's just like okay, let's do 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 do. You will still have to do the puzzles. You will still have to reassemble things, uh, but. If you the answer that you knew the first time, it's still the same answer. That's so awesome. like you have to figure out the password to unlock her phone. It's still the same password. Yes. Yes. I, I love I love considerate design. Yeah. People talk about compassionate design a lot. I love considerate design where it's just like, we know you get it. Here, go. Just just do it. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, go. yeah. Yeah. And if you're playing through this, uh, it's because you enjoyed it enough and you're curious about the endings. We're going to help you get there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how much does this cost? $4. $4. Yep. See, now that like <laughs> we, we're in that weird territory of value again. Yep. Because I feel like people will hear that that's $4 and Minute is $10. They'll yeah. be like, Minute's a PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. Be like, okay, so the fact that you're playing it on a, on a hunk of plastic that's big... As opposed to yep. a brick of glass that goes in your pocket. People that somehow... will spend $500 on an iPad and will balk at spending $5 on a video game. So it weird. boggles my mind. The, so the very value, weird. Well, the, and I understand, because I have this, this conversation with people often, it's because their perception of mobile games is that it's all Candy Crush, it's all, you know, match three stuff, it's all yeah, stuff true. that... Uh, once microtransactions yeah. and there is a lot of that out there absolutely no no doubt i would like you to go to steam yeah do you still play steam go, games go check oh, out games last year alone yeah like, <laughs> or go check out was it dead or alive five has like three thousand dollars all right yeah sure. I, so i, I finally tallied it and the last time i checked because they've done more oh my god but if you want <laughs> If you are a crazy person and want a PlayStation that is just filled with Dead or Alive costumes, you can have a complete version of Dead or Alive 5 Last Resort if you're willing to drop $4,800. Jesus Christ. That's the only and bless way you're your heart get. if you are. You know, it's, it's the only way you're going to get all those Santa bikinis, guys. It's the star it's the citizen way. of... <laughs> your heart. Yep. Fighting. I want to see the guy who like who's sitting there and hits like pay on his PSN account, and he's like, "I've done." It's a dude. I want to be clear. It's, of course, it's a it's man. A dude. Uh, and he's like, "Done. I finally did it. I have every bathing suit. We're all together now. We could be a family. Me <laughs> and Ayane. We can all be together." And then there's just like, like announcement. Tecmo yeah. announces anniversary edition costumes. The last one, and 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 he just breaks. He shatters. There's his Chun Chun Li maquette is in pieces everywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Susan, I do I do have one last question about Simulacra. Yeah, were you playing it with gloves on? Were you I, was it with I was not. Special gloves. This was this was pre glove. This was pre glove. Yeah, I had not yet received the gloves. Uh, tell everybody about the gloves. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, Bethesda had a Gaber's Day event at PAX East, which I attended uh, in Boston this past weekend. And it was quite cold in, in Boston, as it usually is in springtime. And so they had swag 
for all of the games that they were showing, and it was all cold weather themed. There was a Quake scarf. There was oh, an El- nice. Yeah, there was an Elder Scrolls Online beanie, which is one of the only beanies that ep- that actually fits my enormous noggin. So I am keeping that for the rest of my life. And then there were gloves for Elder Scrolls Legends with, if you've ever seen the gloves that have the special uh, fingertips that let you use your mobile device. Oh, okay. It, these these have those. So you continue, you can continue playing Elder Scrolls Legends even when it's four below. Of course, <laughs> your device it. will be too cold, but that's not the point. I say this, I say this as a person who did at one time in his life own smoking gloves. Uh, I... <laughs> what? Wait, what, what is that even? What are smoking gloves? Smoking gloves, gloves? Smoking, like... smoking gloves are what gentlemen, excuse me, what refined gentlemen wore uh, throughout the 19th century and early 20th century. You don't want tobacco stains all over your hands. Come on, guys. I don't oh. think I want yellow fingertips. That's why That's why you wear pristine white gloves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, back, back, back when I, I... When people would go to a party in college and they'd be like, I've got my Jinko jeans, I've uh, got yeah. my, my flared out... I, do you remember that period of time where there was the oversized bowling shirt that everybody just seemed to wear untucked? Yep. Um, my mine was really the ska for yeah, some reason. The ska, the ska thing. Mine was, you know, I want a smoking jacket, smoking gloves, a cigarette holder, and a nice tin with my tobacco. So, and the, 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 oh my like, god, you are such a douche. The worst. None of this was related to like steampunk. Like no, in any no, this is just how I dressed. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's seen it now. One of my smoking jackets was Adpex. And, and it, I have to say, it was glorious. Right? It and, was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that was, that. my 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 lovely wife, Kate Donahue, bought that for me for my 30th birthday. Well uh, done. No, so, that was, it was, it was, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was yeah. gorgeous. There was no hat. Cool. I was a little disappointed by the lack of hat. No, but whatever, no it's hat. fine. Yeah. So, all right. So you got, you've got your gloves, not for fine tobacco products in the 19th no. century. Uh, now... You have tried to convince Dave and I of the glory that is Elder Scroll Legends in the past. Yes! And, like, whenever you tell us about it, the conversation usually ends with Dave or I going, like, yeah, cards, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you completely humor me. I understand. I know this. This is how, this is like me in Metal Gear. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's half That's the awesome. land for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, great. I picture in, when Dave and I start talking Outer about Metal Gear, yeah. I yeah. picture in your head, Susan, that that Looney Tune. I picture like a Looney Tunes factory starts firing yeah. up, and it's like, and then it's just making new bowling pins. And when we're done, you you shut the factory down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay, okay. What is new? What has changed? This is what this is why I wanted to address this. I know you guys are never going to play this, and that's fine. Yeah, you will just lead sad, empty lives, but that's fine. That's your choice. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. The reason the reason why I wanted to bring it up is uh, in case anybody ever had an interest in it at all. It's a really good time to jump back in because they just added the Morrowind expansion to mm. it. Uh, so all new cards, like the Skyrim expansion, had already happened. But, I mean, people just don't have the same kind of affection for Skyrim that they do for Morrowind. Let's no. be honest. Yeah. Let's or Oblivion. Like, Oblivion yeah. and Skyrim do not... No. 
People That's are nuts it. about Morrowind, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, they, they've added a whole bunch of new cards, but more importantly, they have added puzzle mode. So, Ooh. and this is free, by the way. The game is free. The story mode is free. The first story mode, which is what actually teaches you how to play the game. And puzzle mode, free. So puzzle mode is you are given an opponent with a certain amount of health. He has cards. You have cards. You have a certain amount of magicka, which is what you use to determine how many cards you can play. And a, and a condition, like win this turn or survive this turn or whatever. And it what it does is teaches you the ways the cards interact and manipulate. Magic the Gathering has this as well. And it's very, very helpful for helping someone learn actual strategy in a way that they're understanding why things don't work. Because hmm. the big problem I have with uh, collectible card games this is the problem I had with Hearthstone. The solo mode teaches you the basics and then poof. Yeah, they you're went, go they out went, there and get devoured by yeah. weirdos, yeah. Which would be fine if you learned. Sure. Well, you lost. Because you're going to lose it at first. Of course you are. That's part of getting good at something is losing a lot. But you need to understand why you're losing. Yeah. Or else it's just, it's just getting kicked in the face. I remember you speaking very, uh, very highly of the tutorial story mm-hmm. in, in Legends, I guess, almost two years ago now. Yes. Yes. They are they're excellent. Uh, there are more now. There's more story mode. First one's free. There's other ones that you can purchase afterwards, but you don't have to. It's entirely up to you. And then, again, same with puzzles. The first one's free. There's 10 different puzzles, and that will help you learn the new kinds of cards, like Exalt and Rally and all that stuff, and how they work together to do, like, ridiculous damage or protect against known techniques or what have you. But then there's more that you can buy afterwards if you want to, if you want to devote money to it. So it's just, it's a really, you will know. Hmm. whether or not this game is for you, I mean, if you enjoy it, without spending anything. Yeah. And that, for me, is huge for a game like this. You've got plenty of time to play by yourself. You don't have to go anywhere near another human being, unless you want to. If you want to, you can. But you don't have to. So you don't have to deal with other people kicking you in the face, and you don't have to spend any money. I gotta say, the puzzle mode thing is that really appeals to me. Oh, it's so fun! Because I I love that kind of thing. Um, I know there's a very very different kind of game, but I was recently playing for the first time in many years Critter Crunch. If you guys remember Critter oh, Crunch, no, I never played that. Oh, Susan, you would love Critter Crunch. Oh my god, is that the old Cappy? Like, yeah, the Capybara's like first sort of big game, uh, long before you know they were they were doing a, you know, Super Time Force and that stuff. This is a, an old Nathan Vela joint from two thousand eight. Yet you will love this game so much, and I think it's on other platforms besides the PS3, but, like, it was one of the first big... Yo, God, play it. Play it. You will love it. You will be obsessed. But uh, the the joy of Critter Crunch is while it's, like, a really fun match-three puzzler, technically... Uh, mm. about adorable little creatures that vomit on each other, but they nice. vomit rainbows. Uh, every few levels, there will be a puzzle mode. And the puzzle mode is the normal game, but the puzzle mode is oh, do this in three moves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. this with this level of score. 
And I I love that sort of bite-sized approach to saying, here, here are all these core mechanics for a game, and now we want you to manipulate them in really specific ways. Like, yes. that makes me want to play Elder Scrolls Legends. Like, if I can look at weird card art of Striders from Morrowind and try to figure out these little challenges, that's the kind of thing that would get me in. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's very challenging, but also but also instructive if you ever want to go and, and be competitive. It's made me a better player. Mm. It really has. Like, I'm never gonna be the best, but I'm already better than I was. Yeah. And wow. and and when I fail, like I can construct now I can const- what I used to do when I made a deck was I'm like, I'm gonna take the strongest of everything. And then I'm just going to hate you on the head until you go away. And now I can construct decks with a very specific goal in mind. Like, I am going to have a lot of low-level shit, but I'm going to fill the field with it. And it's going to be like lots of tiny little bites on you. And then you're going to die. And you're going to be like, ah, all these rats, what are they doing? I'm going to be like, they're killing you, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Yeah, back back when uh, I lived with roommates who were obsessed with magic... Mm-hmm. Any deck that I ever used was just like pummel you, pummel yep. you, pummel you, pummel you, and then like five cards that I just thought were hilarious. Yeah, uh, which is not like it's not an effective way to win at a card it, game. You didn't win any tournaments where somebody's nah. just like, and I tap my mana, and you've been hit for twenty points, and I'm like, Church of Deals, son. And they're like, what is? The Church of Deals do it. Like, fucking get deals, man. It's in the name. It's the Church of... Worship Deals! Um, Susan, I'm surprised that your hands didn't revolt when you put on these gloves, where it's just like you put on one, and then your other hand just started going, Gwen, 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 Gwen. We're like, no! Different card game gloves. Whatever... Whatever happened to Gwent? Like there was, I, I can know it's still going, but like, yes. What happened to that story mode? So uh, well, there's okay. So here's here's the deal with Gwent. Last I knew, uh, Gwent is still in beta mode. It takes the artists a ridiculously long time to animate the cards. Yeah, right? they're making some nice cards. They, I mean, they're incredible. They, they're really incredible. Um, but it takes a really really long time. The story mode will be done when it's done. Yeah. And it will be awesome. Yeah, I'll play but, that. Yeah, I, I, I. This is this is an old show topic for those listening, um, where we discussed the the fact that uh, Susan and Dave were like, all I wanted to do when playing The Witcher was play Gwent, and I was yep. like, I knew that I could never play Gwent because all I would do is play Gwent. Uh, but when that story mode is done, I will play the bejesus out of that game. Uh, so Gwent as Susan just said, is still a game. Uh, One of our last games to talk about today is a game that I told everyone listening to this show that was not a game. It would never be a game and we should all forget about it. And then I went to PAX East and I was proven wrong below by Capybara. No, I'm the one who said that wasn't a game. Yeah. Well, you we were like, thought, oh, no, I'm t- oh, you mean before that. Yeah, we all thought Below was never yeah. going to be a game. It turns out that Below is a game. And okay. I played it in in real life. I played Below. Has uh, it changed much since the last time I saw it? It looked like the videos I've seen look very similar. Dramatically. It's a, okay. It, it, okay. So when you see a video of a build of this game from 
you know, 2013 when they showed it off at that disastrous Microsoft presser right after they revealed the price of the Xbox One and all that. And they were like, but we got this cool indie from the Super Brothers guys, right? It's going to be great. Uh <laughs> It, the the at first blush, if you look at the two things side by side, they look very similar. But uh, I sat down with somebody who joined the development team just a couple of years ago, and the game has never stopped getting made. They never stopped making Below over the past four and a half years. They've constantly been in production. It is one hundred percent coming out this year. They, this this is happening. Okay. We've promised it before the end of twenty eighteen. So the guy that I sat down with was a dude named Dan Cox, uh, and Dan was the person to talk to about Below as it is now, because Dan's background is he's sort of flitted around the uh, Toronto, Canada development scene, was at Ubisoft for a while, he worked with EA, he's a 3D guy, and Below, when they first showed it off, was purely a two-dimensional game and so it was it was made out of hand-drawn assets and you know as you were exploring a sort of zelda-esque dungeon Mm -hmm. that was it now it is built of polygonal models now is it now it's the same perspective it's the same style of gameplay but you see it you know i i it had been four years exactly since the last time I played this game. PAX East 2014 to PAX East 2018. And the very first area, you're this little sort of Link-esque, sad, lonely, on a desperate little island guy uh, or gal. Not exactly gender-defined. Uh, and you come up into a meadow and you go into a cave. And the last time I played it, it had that... 2010 indie iPad game look, you know, where it's like mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of flat, dull colors, uh, it, you know, almost like a and and Eric, um, the guy that made Very Hungry Caterpillar, uh, Eric oh, Carlisle, sure, yeah, 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 that sort of it almost looks like construction paper. Now you go up onto that same hill before you go into the cave, and the and the game starts, and there is just like this very subtle effect of the grass parting for you. And uh, you have a lantern and it's just this very subtle light effect. And they've made something that feels like a a much more visually rich world. And the game itself uh, almost feels like it's simpler than it was four years ago. If anybody needs a little bit of a refresher, the best way to describe... Uh, below is Legend of Zelda crossed with uh, classic 2D Legend of Zelda crossed with Dark Souls. Now, you're probably like, ugh, that's every game forever. But in 2014, this was a novel idea. Nobody was was doing this yet. The last four years of it's like blank, but Dark Souls, dog, hadn't happened yet. So... Back then, the first time I played Below, it was vicious. Like, I went downstairs and it's like, spike trap, start again. Uh, Enemy, out of the dark, start again. Uh, Tripwire, start again. And now I was actually able to explore for a while. And it's very, very quiet. And it's very, very subtle. And you keep going down into dark little rooms. 
you light fires, and then there are enemies. There, there. Susan, what's the name of the thing in No Man's Sky that is like the emblem, the the tr- the, the sort of prism with a little red light in it? That oh, is, that thing. Yeah, uh, like. Uh, 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 no, that's the, the, whatever is whatever God is in No Man's Sky, right? Uh, right, right there on right, the cover. Right. All the enemies look like that, just riding in a little ball of smoke and teeth. That is like every bad guy in Below, and they, they're pretty vicious. But you know, it's it's got that sort of Dark Souls rhythm where you can trick them into traps, you can run away from them, you can parry against them. Uh, but. I, I only died a few times in playing it in 40 minutes, and when I would die, it was because they've really ramped up these survival elements. You need to find food. You need to find yeah, water. Yeah, that was what appealed to me. This this is... Uh, the Like, honestly, like Dark Souls is not as good of a comparison point as it was four years ago. Now mm. it feels more like somebody played The Legend of Zelda for NES and then said, how do I shove the long dark into this game? Yes! Right. And so you're, I think you're going to be very, very pleased by this, Susan. There nice. is there is that Dark Souls rhythm of when you die, you have to get back to, you're not a persistent character. You're always a oh, new person. Okay. And you have to go back to your body to get your tools, your food, your supplies, whatever. And you're you're also going through that rhythm of I've gone three floors into the cave and I found a special door and I cut the rope that was sealing the door. But now that door goes to the outside so I can just have a shortcut start from back to this here. And and so like that's all there. And I, I realize how kind of dull what I'm describing might sound. No, I think that's great. To you, but like somebody listening who's like, yeah, man, like I can like play Dark Souls with the Donkey Konga drums and uh, the Guitar (laughs) Hero guitar. And like, they're probably, you know, not that intrigued by it. And it, it is very, Below is a very quiet game. It's just very unassuming and it wants you to do things slowly. And that isn't the sort of thing that usually appeals to me. But playing it, I was like, I want to get back in there. I want to just see where this goes. I hate crafting, and I I don't like the stress of survival elements where it's like, you better eat, dude! You better drink water! But this time, I was like, I just kind of want to see what's down there. I don't don't know what's in those caves. (laughs) And uh, I, I mentioned before that it had that Super Brothers look. People probably don't know what I'm talking about because no. that was a long time ago now. Oh my god. Yeah. Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP was the iPad game of 2010, everybody. Everybody was freaking out about Sword and Sorcery uh, oh, EP. Oh, Sword Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, by Super Brothers, which I, in my head, that's still like the hot new shit, but it was eight years ago. That game had a look, man. It did. It did have a look, and Below looked exactly like it when they first announced it and first started showing it off, and now it still has that look, but it's cleaned up with all these like beautiful 3D effects that this guy Dan Cox is doing for it. Uh, it also has that sound that Sword and Sorcery EP did. Uh, the music's done by Jim Guthrie, Ooh, and okay. it, it's it. Not, yeah. nobody else sounds like Jim Guthrie, man. Uh, Jim Guthrie's tunes sound like nothing else in the world. So if you if you like the idea of disaster pieces soundtrack 
from It Follows mixed with Tangerine Dream. Look no further. Uh, <laughs> it is right here for you. I would like to point out that I got through saying It Follows without saying Fuck Ghost first. <laughs> Damn! Nice. <laughs> but then I had, uh, we gotta we gotta go back to it. Well. We gotta, we gotta, Brian, we gotta mention our good, our old dog, Fuck Ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach Gunnell, uh, video game PR person extraordinaire. Uh, whenever I see him, He's like, when was the last time I saw you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's when you showed up to that concert that we put on at a bar at E3 with Susan and Dave. And you, you, you guys, about the you guys just kept saying something outside. And I was like, I kept saying fuck ghost, Zach. What I kept saying outside was fuck ghost. <laughs> yeah. I want to give... Yeah. On my birthday, I might add. On Susan Art's birthday. That was a good day. Birthday. Uh... I, I played one other game besides Below at PAX East that I want to give a shout out to because it, it ties in with a topic that we have discussed on this show with regularity in the year 2018. I played a game called Blazing Chrome by a studio called Joy Masher. Joy Masher has had a couple of sort of cultish uh old school 2D action games come out over the past few years. Their last one was a game called Odalis, which oh, was yeah. a Castlevania-ish game. Yeah, like straight up looks like an NES game. Straight up looks like an NES game, and Odalis is amazing. And when I found out that their new thing, their follow-up to Odalis was going to be at PAX East, I was like, I gotta play this. I, I need to play this. And Blazing Chrome, I'm not even going to bore you guys with a long description. It is just Super Contra and Metal Slug. That's all it is. It's, oh, wow. I you, mean, you run from left to right and you shoot aliens. There are a lot of aliens. And then you fight a giant boss with many different moving parts. And here is why I wanted to bring it up. Dave, you bring us a lot of indie games that are very well made. But as you have said in the past, they're missing a soul. Like they mimic the thing. Yeah. But they don't have the soul of the thing. They don't have the spirit of the thing. They don't have the thing that made the 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 reason why you would want to make the thing again. Right. Uh, you, you you brought up um the Switch strategy RPG that does the Advance Wars thing, which I can't it, remember the name of. I don't even remember Tiny Metal. That's Tiny it. Metal. Tiny Metal. Now, this this is what makes Blazing Chrome so cool. Is that you'll play Blazing Chrome immediately and there's no question about it. It's not paying homage. It just is the thing. Hmm. And I, I, I kept thinking about this on the show floor, watching other people play Blazing Chrome after I did. The difference between a, a, a work of homage and an actually formalist work, where somebody says, I'm going to make something in the old style. You know, like, the difference between somebody is like, oh, man, I have this furniture project and an actual shaker who, like, right. makes you a dinette set out of a tree. I'm going to do a shot-for-shot mm -hmm. shot remake of Psycho. Right. Starring. Right. <laughs> Joy Master is Tom. not Gus Van Santing this shit. <laughs> okay. He's going to add a masturbation scene just to make sure... Just to keep it spicy. You all know what's going on. Uh, yeah, this is... And it's, it's unreal, too. Like, every single time 
I play something that has a, a that you know we finally hit that window where every indie game no longer looks like an NES game; it looks like a Super NES game. Yeah, and usually, you know, I I love things like Owlboy and the uh, Iconoclasts. Like I think that they're so lush, but they're they're mimicking, like they're they're trying to give you the feeling of a style rather than just doing that style. All. Blazing Chrome needs is a giant gaudy arcade cabinet with horrible brush art on the side and a huge font across the front of it over like a ratty cigarette smoke stained CRT monitor with some hot scan lines on there. Oh man, it just looks so right. But it's also modernized. Like I wasn't dying every five steps like you would oh, in wow. an actual Contra game. Like wow. it's it softens the blow just enough. And I, 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 you know, if anybody out there has a hankering for this type of thing, just look it up. Joy Masher is uh, they, they, what's it called again? Blazing Blazing Chrome. Chrome. It's not is a it, great name, of, right? This is part of. Uh... Like dot mu has like yes. a art like a, a new retro publishing division. Yep. right? it's called it's the called it's yeah. Okay, this is one of the first two arcade crew games, um, and yeah, it's it feels right. I, I'm I'm very excited about this game. I want it on a Switch tomorrow. Devolver's got a hot looking like Ninja Gaiden looking game. Coming the Messenger. Out too. The Messenger, yeah, which I also oh, checked yeah. out. Yeah, the Messenger. I that was one I saw, and I was like, I'm not playing that until it's out. I'm not. Stay. Keep your demo away from me, <laughs> sir. I just want that directly in my veins when it's finally available. You know what else I want in my veins, everybody? Your money on Patreon, dog. <laughs> oh uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it got it got dark really fast. No, I I want um I want to direct anybody who's listening to this and is not already a backer to check out patreon.com slash continue podcast. We are so goddamn close to getting this to a weekly show. Uh, We're just under it. And if you want to give us something that's amazing, thank you so, so much. We would love to make this a weekly show Uh, for those of you who already back us. We have a big thank you for you from Dave Roberts. Yes, let me load up the screen. I have like a million tabs open right now. Here we go. (laughs) All right. So, yes, anyone who backs us at the uh, $10 or above level on Patreon gets a shout out on the podcast. If you back us at the $5 or above level, you get access to our Discord as well as exclusive backer segments. You go to patreon.com slash continue podcast. But I'm going to read out our shout outs right now. So I want to give a special thanks to Mirko Arico Terreno. John, Nick Grugan, Ryan Brady, Peter, Ryan Mance, Eric Van Quill, Olmec, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Ellie O'Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Double Taco, Gluttony One of Seven, Francisco Areas Gimareas, Kalen Houston, Axel Olson Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fossi Sayan, Yaddle, Jacob Christos, uh, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Bob on Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damian Michalis. Thank you all so much. We really Uh, really do appreciate it. I want to give an extra shout out to one of our backers and one of our listeners uh, who goes by the name of Omni 
in the Discord uh, for the Continue podcast, and whose real name is Ryan. He is an enforcer at PAX East and and all of PAX, uh, the many PAXs, and has helped Susan put on game show night. He helped me put on a couple of panels. Uh, I just want to say thank you for, for everything. At PAX East, Ryan, you're you're a tremendous, tremendous person, and I uh, and also introduces himself to me at PAX. I go up to him. I'd seen him the night before. I see him the next day. I say, "Oh man, I didn't catch your name. You were so cool and helpful, and I want to be that guy that doesn't, you know, doesn't when I see you again, be like, oh hey, it's you, What's um, up, guy." He's like, "I'm Ryan." You know me as Omni. I was like, oh my... But it felt like lava was pouring out of my ears. My mind was so blown. So, thank you very much yeah, for that. Yeah, I am... I am spoiled. <laughs> yes. Because it's absolutely true. Because putting on... I, Kyle Orland and I did some back-of-the-envelope math about how many PAX panels I've done over the years. Um... A conservative, and I am not making this up, a conservative estimate is 42. It's probably more like 60 or 75. I was going to say, like, you can't be under 50 at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. impossible. Because I've been doing it for a long time. And uh, and uh, whenever I, I do them at East, uh, which is the only place I do them anymore, uh, Ryan is the one for years who has been taking care of me. And, uh, you know, I've never had to worry about my tech working or I've never had to worry about like, you know, what if some jerkwad is, is there and, and gets, cause that happens sometimes. Like I've never had to worry about anything. I can just actually just roll in and do my job. And not everybody has that, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> get dunked. Get dunked. Also um, special message to Ryan, uh, which I'm not going to explain to everybody else. You're almost through my friend, almost through the suck is almost done. You can make it, I promise. Boom. Boom. Uh, for everybody else, uh, seriously, we already thanked you, but thank you for making this show happen. It means yeah. the world to us. Um, we got more thanks here because I got prizes to give away. Prizes. Ooh, prizes. 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 Susan, do you know what I just dropped for you? What, what did you just drop? It's Poop, poop, poop Dog from Invader Zim. Poop dog from Invader Zim. When Invader Zim has to sell a bunch of chocolate bars. Oh God, I haven't seen that in ages. What are you gonna get? Prizes, 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 prizes. All right, <laughs> there you go. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, that's a different thing. That's uh, okay. Cop. So uh, if you, uh, I post some stuff on Twitter. Uh, whenever I post an episode, if you share it, um, you get entered into a con uh, to a drawing, a little random contest. Also, if you leave us. A review on iTunes. I will also add you to the the drawing. If you've left us a review on iTunes, you stay on the list. So because it's like it's a bigger deal, and it's like you can't just leave i reviews every week. So uh, I, I've compiled a list of people who have uh, shared our posts and reviewed us on iTunes, and I'm going to pick a winner out of my virtual hat by clicking a button. And uh, Hunt Soda. If you were listening to this, uh, you just won uh, yourself either a PS4 game, if you're from North America, or a Steam game, if you're from elsewhere in the world, uh, for leaving us a review on iTunes. So th uh, get in touch with us via Twitter or email. Uh, send us an email at info at continuepod.com 
or hit me up on Twitter at ContinuePod, and uh, we'll get you your code. Dave, where else can the people find you personally? Find me personally? Uh, you can find me personally at David Robots on Twitter, where uh, I talk about movies a lot because I like them. Uh, I also write about magic for Genie Online with Susan. That's fun. Susan. <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound like Kurt. It's actually fun. No, it actually is fun. It's okay. So they, the people can find you on Genie Online. Where else can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, where I talk about nonsense mostly and and i hate watch the tv show deception and i live tweet it because that show is terrible oh it looks so but the 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 one scene that like to sum up that show in a tweet was that video that you posted where fucking Vinny from snatch pulls a mask off and like it's clearly not him, and yeah. then it cuts away, and it's then it's clearly a mask, and he's pulling it off. It's so bad. It's so so mediocre. <laughs> it makes Castle look like Shakespeare. Aww. And I loved Castle. Poor I, I Malcolm loved Castle. Reynolds. I loved Castle until they did the stuff at the end, which was terrible. Anyway, these uh, Twitter. We can have this conversation on Twitter if you like, uh, or you can find me every Wednesday at Pocket Gamer where I will tell you more about mobile games and I will get you hooked on fun things. Do like that. Spills. Spills is a really great mobile game. S-P-I-L-L-Z. Susan, did yeah, you, cool. did you uh, play that game that our good friend of the show, Connor Sheridan, was telling you about, Part-Time UFO? Indeed. So good. It is delightful. Uh, it's like... It's like everyone, like the people who wanted Nintendo to make iPhone games. Yeah. Like that's the game. That's what yes, they that's the game. That's what they yeah. wanted. Yeah. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at a John Agnello. It's the one and only place where you can find pictures of Admiral Akbar badly photoshopped onto the face of Dido. Uh, you can <laughs> now also, that's what I call Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> you you can find me uh, at VentureBeat.com every single day. Everybody who listens to this, I have a bunch of stuff at VentureBeat that you're really going to like, including a banana pants interview with Yoko Taro, the director of Nier. Uh, we get into how he wants to brainwash people. Um, it's a real thing. And uh, you it's can, wild. It's, 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 it is, yeah. it is full on bananas and pajamas. Yeah, it's, true. It, it's the thing. It's all the things. Uh, you can also listen to my other podcast, Video Game Grooves. Just look up Video Game Grooves on iTunes or go to uh, VG underscore Grooves on Twitter. We'll see you in two weeks unless uh, unless something magically changes on Patreon, in which case we'll see you next week. That would be cool. We're not ready for awesome. that, though. That would, we're not ready for it. Don't surprise us. All right, we'll see You're you in two weeks, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>